Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corelcast. I am Corel. So very glad you are joining me on this Friday. Uh, what, January the 13th? Oh my God, it's Friday the 13th. <laughs> well, it feels like it this week, doesn't it? Uh, we got to talk about a lot of things today. A, a woman died after going home from a waiting room, you know, not in some third world country, but in Nova Scotia, in Canada. Uh, and, you know, that story is being mirrored in England, uh, in France, and in the United States. People are going to emergency rooms. The wait is so long, they're just going home and dying. Uh, you know, we got to talk about that because it's not a good thing. Also up in Canada, they're debating whether to change the rainbow crosswalks to change the order of the color of the rainbows. And we have rainbow crosswalks in Long Beach and San Francisco. They've got them up in Canada. And now they're talking about actually repainting the rainbows every so often to be more inclusive and to educate people about bi and trans and blah, blah, blah. I got a lot to say about that. We don't, we don't get to that. Uh, but first, there's two big stories in the news that you're all talking about, no matter what country you're in, be it Ireland, Canada, the United States, England, France, wherever you might be, Nova Scotia. <laughs> that's not, I know that's like part of Canada, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, India. If you're in India, I know I have listeners in India. I see you. Let's hope the government doesn't. Uh, so <laughs> wherever you might be listening. Uh, first of all, the king's daughter is dead. Elvis Presley's daughter, Lisa Marie. Uh, died yesterday at 54, and they're saying of a heart attack, but you don't die of a heart attack at 54. Your heart might stop at 54, but it ain't a heart attack. Uh, it's something other than, uh, and that's the truth. I mean, if it is a heart attack, it was induced by something. Drugs, years of abuse, you know, she was an addict. That's what scares me, years of opiates. Uh, did it, you know, mess me up irreplace irreversibly? Uh, and so, you know, now it's been seven years. Oh, and today, seven years ago today, uh, uh, Ember came to live with me seven years ago today. Thank you, Lynn Amano from Whiskers and Tails. If you guys have any extra money and want to donate it, yes, I know I need it. But Whiskers and Tails in Long Beach or San Pedro, that's the woman, Lynn Amano, that brought me the light of my life, uh, which is, of course, Ember. Uh, okay, so we're going to uh, talk about uh, so much, but let's get to Lisa Marie, because yesterday I was really depressed. First, Lisa Marie, 54 years old, just at the Golden Globes. That's just, that's icky. And I met her mother, Priscilla, and Priscilla was a fan of mine, knew my name, sat next to me at the Pantages. And all I could think about yesterday is, oh my God, she's buried a husband, a grandson, because Lisa Marie had a son that died. She has three living daughters. Uh, but, but Priscilla has buried a husband, uh, a grandson, and now a daughter. I mean, that's, you know, tragedy. That it, that's just terrible. So my heart broke for her. She's a fan of mine. She might be listening to this. I don't even know. But, you know, I, but it's just my heart breaks for her. And for Lisa Marie and her husband and her family, three children. You know, that's terrible. And then yesterday, Tony Dinkle died. Now, see, you know Lisa Marie's name, but you don't know Tony Dinkle because Tony Dinkle was a behind-the-scenes person. And he was the person at KFI that made me and Andrew and every other person there sound great as the engineer. But more importantly, he built the remote van, built it. 
if we needed to go live in Barstow because we called it a pit and they invited us out and we wanted to go live from the Route 66 motel on the number one talk station in the country, so it had to sound good, Tony Dinkle got there hours before to make it sound good. That man could take a paperclip and a soldering iron and get you on the air. I am not making that up. When I went out being homeless and uh, went to the, the, the train station uh, you know, to, and broadcast the whole time, Tony Dinkle made that possible in the 90s, in the 2000s, when they didn't have all the stuff they have now. You know, when Andrew needed to fly over Big Bear during the fires in a helicopter, Tony Dinkle arranged the way to hear him on the air. That man was responsible for all the fun. When I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard and the Scientologist tried to stop me and called the police, Tony Dinkle was following me in the RPU van, making sure we were live on KGO or on KFI. That man made so many broadcasts possible. So much fun. He made so much fun radio possible. Nobody knows his name except the people that worked with him. But millions over the years, because he didn't just work for KFI, he worked for Audacity here in Vegas. Millions of people have heard his work. His work. And so remember, it is important to remember not just Lisa Marie Presley, who died lived kind of tragically, died kind of tragically. But she was kind of famous for just being famous. Let's also remember Tony Dinkle. Tony Dinkle, who made so much radio possible and who made me sound so fabulous. Him and Joe Talbot, those are the two engineers in my lifetime that have made me sound incredible and made the impossible possible. Clay Rowe as well. Clay Rowe. Uh, and uh, uh, my first engineer who then worked at KFI. I remember all my, Clay wasn't my first. I'm, I'm blanking on the name of my first. I can see his face. He, dark hair, he was cute. And he, he started work at KFI right after we did. And it was amazing because he was the one that did our KYPA show. Uh, and he made me sound great. Mark Acton. Mark Acton was a great board op and engineer. Oh yeah, I've, had, I've worked with some incredible talent. Incredible. Producer-wise, Jennifer Keller Marks, and wow, she put up with a lot, but we were all young. Uh, just just incredible times, you know? I mean, Brian uh, from KFI, just incredible producer. Uh, just, you know, I can't think. <laughs> Brian's kind of the standard to beat. Anyway, so Tony Dinkle. And those are names you should know, by the way. If you listen to KGO, if you listen to KFI, if you listen to podcast and radio, you should know some of the people that, that make it actually possible. You know, Brian at KGO, God, he booked some great shows and remotes and everything. You know? At KFI, we had a stellar group. Tiffany Dennis, uh, so many people. Loxie, even Loxie. Smilkovich. My God, just incredible talents in each of their own right. It takes a lot to make an entertainer an entertainer. It takes a lot. <laughs> so let's remember them, shall we? And as for Lisa Marie, we got to find out what she really died of because you do not die of a heart attack at 54 years old. Oh, your heart may stop, and they may call it a heart attack, but it was caused by something. All right, um, let's talk about the big scandal here, which is not a scandal. I'm not participating in the Joe Biden document scandal. Why am I not? Why should you not? Because it's a matter of character. I just need you to ask yourself one question, okay? I don't want, 
I don't want you to I don't want you to read anything about the, the, the papers that were found, what was in them. I don't want you to care. I don't want you to read about any of that. Because of the Donald Trump controversy with classified papers, I want you to ask yourself, is Joe Biden a criminal? The answer unequivocally is yes to Donald Trump. I mean, there's proof he's a criminal. He's being indicted, you know. So is Joe Biden a criminal? Now, if you believe he is a criminal or could have criminal intentions, selling information for a profit, etc. Then you're already made up, your mind's already made up about the how this story should come out and what should happen to Joe Biden. If the answer was no, Joe Biden is not a criminal, then you shouldn't care about this story because you know he was doing nothing wrong, that they got there by AIDS or somebody or the National Archives just messing up and that he did not do this intentionally. You just, you have to ask yourself that question. For me, it's number two. Joe Biden is not a criminal. He is not a criminal. He's not an opportunist. He's not a slimy businessman like Donald Trump. Joe Biden is the antithesis of Donald Trump. That's why I know he had nothing to do with these classified documents being there. It is a mistake. It is a filing. And I blame the National Archives and his clerks. He did not pack up his offices, unlike Trump, who was carrying boxes out. Biden had a staff do that. When staff found those documents, they should have immediately turned them over or notified someone. They just moved them. That was stupid. So his staff that moved them and the National Archives for not through this whole story, even the Donald Trump story the hell national archives you're entrusted to keep track of the classified documents and you can't it is not trump or biden who's not doing their job it sounds like whoever runs the national archives ain't doing their job but that's another story so that story is a matter of character do you think joe biden is a criminal or an opportunist who would sell secrets for money if the answer is yes then then you've already got him convicted and you already think he's guilty if the answer is no, like a logical thinking person, then you will know that this is a mistake, that this is, has nothing to do with Joe Biden, uh, and he needs to just keep on keeping on. They're going to try to use it to make him not run again. You, you mark my words. Mark my words. So that is a matter of character. Uh, all right. I'm going to try to stick to everything on this list today, by the way, if you're noticing I'm trying to read it, because I'm old. I'm 60. Um, all right, so Lisa Marie and Tony Dinkle. Let's remember the famous one, and that's sad that she died. And let's remember those who should be famous for what they do, like Tony Dinkle, who is passed away, or Joe Talbot, who is still alive, or Brian, my producer from KGO, or the talent uh, you know, that surrounded me at those stations, who are now gone, Gene Burns. Let's remember some of these names sometime, okay? All right, uh, it's a matter of character for Biden and those documents. You either think he did it or you don't. I already know he didn't do it, so that's, that's, that's that. I read an interesting thing about Apple this morning. Uh, you might be hearing about it. Apple might be developing a touchscreen Macintosh, or a touchscreen laptop. And they haven't, which many have think, thought for years they should have led the way. And I have to tell you, I use my iPad as a laptop. I have a MacBook Pro which I can get a settlement on now because the butterfly keyboard that's in it's a piece of crap. And Apple now, if you have a MacBook Pro from 2016, 17, or 18, or 19, 
Uh, you might be in the settlement, so go check it out online. Uh, but anyway, uh, but I use the iPad because I like, I have a keyboard, yes, but I like the touching of the apps and the this and the swiping. I like it. Well, Steve Jobs was dead set against that. He said, no, your hands would be exhausted and no, a keyboard is the way. And so Apple now might defy an edict. It was an edict. There shall be no Mac touchscreens. That's why he invented the iPhone, the iPad. That was, that was what you were going to touch. His computers, keep your hands off them except touch the keyboard. Well, they're, gonna, they're going to make a MacBook with a touchscreen. It's going to be hugely successful. Uh, and they should have had it a long time ago. And let me tell you why they should have defied Steve Jobs. It's the same reason that I should defy Andrew Howard. Oh, how surprise. Um, Andrew was adamant that we have a TV room, which is where I'm standing now, a media room. Uh, and then that there be no uh, TV in the, the Grand Hall, as we called it at Park Howard, but basically the living room, no TV. Now, there could be a computer, but no TV. And he felt very adamant about that. He said, a living room is not the place to watch television. It is a place to sit and visit. It's a place to enjoy company. Uh, it's a place to do things. It is not a place to just park yourself down on a sofa and watch something. That is for the, for the media room. Andrew was wrong. He was wrong now. He was right then. He was wrong now because now we have LCD screens that hang up like art. They have a frame around them. There's, they were at CES. And they're basically wireless now, too. So you can hang a flat screen up in a frame that's wireless and display art all day long and then that night watch TV or do video calls. When television stopped being just TVs and started being, quote, monitors, which is even what this 70-inch beast behind me really is, curved and everything. It's a, it's a monitor. I use it. This, this TV room is actually my studio, so I, don't, I actually do not watch TV in the media room. I watch it out there, for the most part, in the living room, because this is now my dedicated studio. So, you know, that rule, it doesn't apply anymore because Andrew never saw what television and media was developing into and how a computer became the soul of the television because it is and how you can do other things on the monitor now. So it would be remiss to not have access to something like that in your living room where you could present something multimedia because in today's world, that's like standing and reading a book in the 1800s in the dining room. I mean, nowadays, you, oh, did you see that YouTube video of whatever, you know, that sort of thing. And Steve Jobs was right at the time, okay, but wrong now because he never, he didn't get to see the way that we started interacting with our devices, the devices that he gave us. He didn't actually see how that developed. And so because he didn't, wasn't able to see the future, that edict was good for its time, but bad now. And the same with Andrew. Andrew died in 2001, 22 years ago. People being born when he died could have sex with me now legally. <laughs> People hate when I make that joke, uh, but it's true. Uh, and so, and I, and I might like it too. Uh, and so, 
you know, he couldn't see 22 years into the future and know how we were going to be relating with monitors. Now he might have gone the other way and wanted them all gone, like even in the TV room. He might have just, Andrew might have gone the Luddite way, maybe, because of the destruction that social media and television has caused. But he always saw the inherent good in things, including me and television, and realized that it could be a great uh, conduit for learning and for other experiences. So I think he'd still be doing that. So Apple should defy the edict of Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs couldn't see the future. And touchscreen Macs are the way. In fact, pretty soon, things where you've just got a headset on and you swipe stuff in front of your face, that's really coming. All right, in Nova Scotia, a woman waited seven hours at an ER, sick, obviously, left, went home, died. This is not uncommon. It's happening all around the globe. And why? Why? Because we are failing when it comes to the healthcare system, whether it's privately owned, like in America, uh, or whether it's run by the government. And what's at the core of all of the failure? Money. Absolutely money. Governments like Canada, governments like Great Britain, they don't have the resources, they say, to dump in to expand the healthcare system. And given COVID and the weight that our recent healthcare system has been under in all countries, it's crumbling. And there's another COVID surge. In Ottawa, they just passed 1,000 deaths. Ottawa's very small. That's a big deal for them. In America, we're, you know, there's millions. It's, it, and it's happening again. Everyone I know just got through. I just got through COVID. I'm finally negative. Everybody I know just had COVID. Hannah just had COVID. Heath just had COVID. I, I bet Laura had COVID. I mean, everybody, everybody I know, my neighbor, Irma, my neighbor, Bridget. No, did Bridget have it? Yes, she did. Uh, not, that was like months ago, though. But still, she had it. All of us who tried to avoid it for three years, this X155B, whatever they call it, child. So the healthcare system of all countries has been tested and failed. And failed. So what do we do? Well, I think it's great we're supporting the Ukraine, and I support Ukraine. I support helping Ukraine. I think we shouldn't send them anything else at all. You know why? We should just intervene now. We should just stop sending them military stuff. It's costing too much money. Uh, we're always sending $3 billion, $5 billion. You know what? There's not a, a, a state around that wouldn't take $2 billion to improve their health care system. There's not a province of Canada that wouldn't take a billion, $5 billion, whatever, to redo their health care system. I'm sure Nova Scotia would like to right about now. There's not enough doctors. There's not enough nurses. There's not enough pay in those areas. There's not enough actual beds. You know, I heard on NPR this morning that we designed our flood system here in America and all of our tunnels and things all this out of this concrete uh, in 1950s and 60s. So basically, almost 100 years ago, <laughs> we're at 2023, honey. It's only 25 years away from it being 100 years from the 1950s. And that's when all this infrastructure in the New Deal, that's when it after the 40s. And they, they did it based on rainfall projections for up to 1966. So they, they looked in their crystal ball and they said, okay, between now and 1966, this is how much water is going to fall, so that has to handle that. Well, obviously that has changed. But what hasn't is us rebuilding that infrastructure. And even now that, that Pete has given all that money for the infrastructure, guess what? We, don't, we won't have the new projections 
for the future reign until 2026. All the money is going to be allocated in 2023. <laughs> this is what's wrong with all systems, including the healthcare system. The healthcare system was designed a hundred years ago, hospitals and all of that. It's not working for us. And we act like it's not going to be costly. What could be more important than taking care of the health of your people? What expense on the ledger that you do every month could be more important than actually keeping your people alive? What expense? You tell me, because I don't know. You tell me, Nova Scotia. You tell me, Trudeau. I like you. You're hot. But you tell me. What, what could be more important than expanding and fixing your healthcare system? In Great Britain, tell me. I don't even know the name of the new prime minister. Isn't that horrible? I don't know her name. I, I don't know her name. But tell me, King Charles, what could be more important than actually making a healthcare system that works for your people? I watched the show Ambulance from the UK. They wait hours, sometimes 20 hours for an ambulance. Stuck on the floor, not able to get up for 20 hours. It's failing. It's failing because of lack of resources, lack of resources to hire people, lack of resources to house people like hospitals, clinics, lack of facilities, ERs and such, not keeping up with the population growth, too many uh, sick people in the system with COVID and other diseases, cancers, heart diseases, diabetes, and yes, immigration is, is causing issues as well, the f ebb and flow of people. So we got to fix that. We can't just talk about it. Like I said earlier in the week, it's hard, but we are meant to do hard things. So let's fix the healthcare system once and for all. Let's stop digging around and do it because people are dying like that woman in Nova Scotia. Uh, all right. Uh, what else should people? Oh, the I hope I get to the rainbow crosswalks. Maybe that'll go to Monday. Should people rebuild in these flood areas in California? Well, wherever. There's all these natural disasters that keep happening, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, and people want to keep rebuilding their houses. But I was talking with a friend who lives in Montecito, uh, and he said that his insurance company may not insure him again. And I understood his pain, but I thought to myself, well, if I own that company, I wouldn't insure you again. If you, if you insisted on staying there after this, I'd be like, yeah, no. Because... Again, on NPR this morning, they said these are not once in a hundred year event anymore. This is, this is how it's going to be. Atmospheric river is going to flow. Doesn't mean the drought's over. It could make it worse. We don't know. But we do know that the climate is done. It's done with us. It has changed. It's going to change more. Because we're not. You know, I, I can't get an interview from the University of Las Vegas for any of the professors for a thing I'm working on. Because I want them to give me the top 10 cities in America where we should move to weather the climate change. And I want to talk about Las Vegas. Is it going to last? And no one wants to do that. No one wants to do that because they don't want to admit that we should be leaving Los Angeles, that we shouldn't be rebuilding in places like Miami, in places like San Francisco as it floods out, San Jose. Everything that's been destroyed, we should just have them leave that area. It is now time to do what Al Gore said we were going to have to in an inconvenient truth, climate migration. It needs to start happening. And I guess the first way to do that is for companies to say, we're not going to insure you if you rebuild here. You do it on your own. And for the government to say, we're not going to allocate resources to you for your home if it's destroyed in this area. 
Well, Carell, they'd have to re like, they'd have to move Los Angeles. They'd have, yep. Who thinks it's a good idea for 18 million people to be sitting upon a network of the biggest faults in the world? I mean, who, when, you know, sparsely populated basin, okay. 20 million people, oh, please. Who think it's okay to keep building in the, in the woods, you know, where it burns every year, every year, every year, and you keep building, keep building? No! I'm sorry. Who thinks it's a good idea to have most of our agriculture in a state that is in drought or known for flooding now? No. We have to start moving cities, resources, and people. And if the only way to do that is to stop paying for it when they get destroyed, then I'm all for that. What about you? Comment down below. If you get two natural disasters in the same place in 10 years, two floods, two hurricanes, two big earthquakes, should there be a three-strike law for insurance and government to say, okay, it's the third time, we're not going to insure you, we're not going to cover you, you should move? I feel there should be a two-strike law. Like in Montecito, I don't think Oprah and any of them should get insurance on their property. Sorry, you rich people have the resources, you should move. It's going to keep doing this. Well, then what happens to the cities of Santa Barbara and Montecito? They should move too. See, that's what I'm saying. The, the ocean's going to be rising right up into Santa Barbara. We act like this ain't happening. It's happening. So what do you think? You have a three-strike law? You get two disasters, and after that, we're not insuring you. We're not covering you. We're not helping you. You're on your own because we should move. We'll help you relocate. I think the second insurance claim for a disaster that the insurance company should say, we will only pay to help you relocate. We will not pay to help you rebuild. After one disaster, if they have to file another for another flood, the insurance company should say, nope, we're not paying for that property. We will help you relocate to a new property, but we're not covering that one. Yeah, that'd be hard too, but guess what? We could do it. All right, did I get to every, oh, rainbow crosswalks. <laughs> Um, okay, so in, in Canada, they're thinking about changing the order of the rainbow, which this rainbow is in a specific order because of the maker of the rainbow flag, who is from San Francisco. Uh, and the rainbow colors now mean different things. There's blue for this, and there's, I don't even know what they all mean. You've all heard me go off about the LGBTQIA. I think there's too many letters because we're not all the same. Everyone thinks that if you're a trans person, you have something in common with a gay person. You don't, unless you're a gay trans person. Everybody thinks that if you're a bi person that you have something in common with a polyamorous person or a gay person. No, you don't. You're a different sexuality. You are bisexual. You're not gay. So I already feel there's too many letters because they just took anything that wasn't cisgendered and straight and put it over there. I think it's great there's rainbow crosswalks. Thank you for them. But let's not get into repainting them to feature different this and different that. You want to educate the public? Don't do it with a crosswalk, okay? A crosswalk is not where a lesson in sexuality should be going on. It's where people should be getting their asses out of the street. I am Carell. You be who you want to be. So don't hurt anybody. Have a safe weekend. Going to be rainy in California again. Rainy here in Vegas. Uh, have, a, you know, have a safe weekend wherever you're at. Uh, don't forget to support me on Patreon if you'd like. Patreon.com forward slash Willie Carell. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N 
facebook.com forward slash Willie Carell and watch me on YouTube. Come on, watch me. Are you watching me now? Watch me, baby. I'll be here. All right, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, it's a holiday, MLK Day, uh, but we will celebrate by being here in the spirit of MLK. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what am I going to do? Recite I have a dream? I, should, I don't really see that happening. Hey, the old gay white guy is doing the I have a dream speech again. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, anyway, okay. I'm vamping because there, I don't want to be cut off like I have been recently on several shows where that end thing just starts rolling right as I'm mid-sentence. It just pisses me off. <laughs> so I timed a new timer today, and I set it for a different time. And I, I, I'm not used to how long that is before I get the slate. <laughs> <laughs> the axe it's like radio i do that to myself because it's like radio it's like they'll go to break whether you're talking or not if it's break time it's break time all right for any of you from radio that watch me today kfi kgo because i was talking about tony dinkle and such hi <laughs> welcome uh and uh, i do this three times a week so you know tune in <laughs> We have a lot of fun. Make your device a whole lot smarter. Get the Corelcast app free at the app store of your choice now.